0: You're listening to a feed of the Association of Music Podcasting at musicpodcasting.org.
1: Welcome to the Urban Awesome Podcast.
0: It's so fantastic. It's so simple. Okay, let's do it.
1: All right, let's see what we can see. Everybody online looking good. Hi there, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name's Chris Retro and this is the Urban Awesome podcast here on the Internet Airwaves. I hope you're feeling well today. We've got a smashing show for you. We're going to go all the way over to New York shortly and talk to the fantastic Sally Davis. Sally's originally from Canada and uh, she's been native in uh, New York for many years now. I first discovered her work a few years ago and uh, was fascinated by her own style. Yeah, I really liked it. So uh, we're going to go over and talk to her now. As ever, please do subscribe by RSS feeds, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Acast and many others. I would really appreciate your support. But in the meantime, let's go live now all the way to sunny New York and give Sally a call. The an Awesome Podcast. Hi, Sally. How are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, Greetings uh, from Berlin. Uh, How are things for you in in New York? Are your fires roaring away? You're not under six feet of snow or anything?
0: Well, we're not under six feet of snow now. We were last week. (laughs) Right. Well, I'm, you know, uh, originally from uh, Winnipeg in Canada. Yes. So um, I can handle a little snow.
1: Yeah. Well, Sally, thank you very much for joining us. Um, Yeah, I was impressed by um, your unique style. Um, How would you describe your actual style? Because it's quite varied, and uh, I've never kind of seen New York photographed in that way before, so yeah.
0: Oh, well, I don't know exactly what you mean by that, but um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a good thing, right? It's a good thing you don't want your work to look like everybody else's. Yeah. Especially a place like New York City I'm you know Berlin I'm sure is is also one of these places it's so photographed I mean it people will come here just to photograph here so um if I can honestly die and know that I've shot a few photos it didn't look like everybody else's i'll it will have been a good life
1: um if you had to describe your style um what what um, what would you say about it
0: I'm constantly being called a street photographer, I'm asked to sit on panels for street photography and you know that type of thing and you know we don't really know anymore what that means, I think you know, it's a dialogue that's going on constantly now with people because what used to be street photography, it still is but there's so many more things now that are being lumped into that because nobody Mm. if you're outside now and you're taking a photo yeah And you you don't have a crew and a bunch of lights, you're a street photographer. So, you know, I was troubled by that for a little while. And then I finally just said, you know, screw it. Uh, I can't. I just have to continue doing my thing and it'll sort itself out somehow. The world will sort itself out. No, it is. I mean, even historically, right, don't you think that you don't really know if something's even important or not or what it really is until time has passed, probably after I'm dead. And uh, then people start to look back in a context of the chain, you know, of things. It starts to be a little clearer.
1: Do you think um, the resurgence of, quote-unquote, street photography over the last years, few years as well, um, do you think that has kind of added to... Um, perhaps diluting the term a little bit?
0: Well, you know what? It changes constantly. I'm not trying to give you the runaround. I'm trying to be really honest. But it changes all the time because everything is changing so quickly. Like what I would have answered, say, four or five years ago is different now, what I would answer. Um, I used to just say, anything that someone's shooting that doesn't have a... It's not lit and you're not in a controlled studio environment if you're out there... You know, that's kind of street photography now until people either can get rid of that term or they have more thing, you know, slots to to put to describe things. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I
1: mean? Yeah.
0: For me, for my own work and also when I'm judging other people's work or critiquing other people's work, I know right away, like I look at a photo and I have an it's visceral, like I have an emotional response to something. And that, you know, that's how I judge a good photograph. I all you know another thing too, and I I think anyone who's judged things and done those panel things, I uh, will say the same thing. You, uh, it's shocking when you first start to do it. How many things are the same? You you start to see that even though the quality of all of this work is really good, the knee-jerk response when you first get out there of what to shoot, it's kind of the same for us all. So you really need to. I guess you have to work through that. We all do, and you know, then and ten years later, you burn all your, uh, reflective, you know, photos. I don't know. (laughs) uh, You know what I mean? Yes. The thing about getting close to people, um, is funny. That seems to be a thing. I have a lot of of hardcore street photographers say to me, you don't get close enough. You know, I don't, I want to see what that guy's had for lunch on his beard, you know, or uh, a year like, you know what I mean? And, And yet I think that my work is not really about that i you know, I think my work is more about being kind of more voyeuristic, like people say I feel like I'm standing there with you, yeah, I feel like I'm walking past that on the street
1: what's the, what's the biggest challenge that you find when you're actually you know um sitting on a panel and um or if you're you know reviewing somebody's body of work you know how do you separate the wheat from the chaff you know uh,
0: I think it's like I said uh i I can look at you know. thousand photos and I can tell you what works and what doesn't work in them and blah 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 then all of a sudden you just flip the page and there's a photo there that's you know maybe breaks every rule and maybe isn't even about what you think street photography is but you go this is a really good photograph and uh, and that guy wins to me yeah or that girl like that's the photo that I'm gonna that's gonna win if I'm picking and then I'll worry about explaining it later you know, And then it's especially in, nice when you do that and then you go and you see more work of that person and you can see that there's a rhythm here, that they're really, they're finding something that's meaningful when they're, you know, all the stars are aligning when they're clicking that camera.
1: Well, following on from that, what, in your opinion, do you feel makes a good street photograph? Um... If you had to give someone advice, and what, what would you say to um, chase not to to go down? You're
0: reading re- my mind. I was just going to say that uh, <laughs> I'm going to do it from the reverse, right? Yeah. I, I would never say to someone, "You must do this and you must do that," no, because people don't make good work like that. No. But I would no. say, try not to do this and try not to do that. Yeah. And those are things that I now can, like I started to say after you sit and look through thousands of other people's photos it's like don't shoot any more people in Europe walking through narrow caverns with cobblestone mm. streets with the sun coming in at sundown mm. because there's going to be five hundred of those
1: yeah.
0: in yeah. a thousand photos all from totally different people who don't know each other yes. yes, and I understand that when you're standing there I mean I've done it too you know mm. you go wow this is beautiful
1: mm. and mm.
0: you and bingo you take the photo and it's perfect but then, you know, there comes a point where it's like, and what? Yes. You know, it's just too many people taking this photo. Yes. People <laughs> think it's easy. It's
1: not. No, no. I, I interviewed um, John Free um, recently, and um, he said that he thought that street photography was the hardest form of photography and the hardest thing you would ever done. Um, wow.
0: Well, yeah. Oh, no, I know. I think I agree. And I also think one of the thi- what like what you said, one of the reasons that it's the hardest thing is and getting harder is, it's, it's ill-defined. Yes. Like, it's, the structure for it is getting more and more vague. I think with digital photography, like I said, because it's free, that part of it, you know, the clickety-click, um, it's more of a, it's like a conversation really more than, you mm-hmm. know, ta-da, like a studio photo. Every you know, it's all about this one photo. Everything is working up to that. When it's done, there's your product. You know, this is just clickety clickety click. And each to me, anyway, and and not to say that they shouldn't stand on their own because they have to in a certain way. But I think for me, I think my work gets weaker when it's taken out of the context of everything that I do.
1: In in what respects? Can you give me an example, maybe? Not
0: uh, not technically weaker or. But I think the emotionality gets lessened. Mm-hmm. Like people who follow my work and know what I'm doing yes. and they're, you know, on Facebook or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. They really are involved in the ongoing kind of storytelling of it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I, that storytelling sort of uh, gets, I don't know, just gets a little less mm-hmm. when you're asked mm-hmm. to pick out two photos. Or just, you know, like what you said. It's like how, how do you take 10 photos out of 10,000 and say, okay, this is going to represent my work. It's like, Jesus.
1: Yeah, difficult. Yeah, yeah. I never
0: win contests either, which is probably why. I probably take the wrong 10. I don't know.
1: Yeah, always <laughs> tell me about it.
0: But it's it's the I'll hardest
1: pick, thing of artists to do that.
0: It is. They're all picked 10, and my yeah. friends are like, you picked that? oh my God, those are horrible. You know, why do you pick this?
1: Yeah, I think, is, is it because you're too close to your own art? That you, you know, you can't see the woods for the trees and you can't be objective, perhaps, as as people viewing your work, you know, can be, perhaps. I
0: think that, but I also think that, like what you said, you know, that when you go out and all of a sudden you have the moment, you know, it's like you see something you go this is going to be awesome and it is and you knew that you got the perfect shot you, know, you can go home now but I don't know is somebody else gonna get that when they look at that photo I don't know if they do or not so yeah we have an attachment to the situation you know, the, the making of it the being there you know that other people don't have.
1: True you're, you're as photographers we're expecting people to be transported to that time and place where we were there and everything else is going on to condense to, you know, whatever it is, digital or, or, or print-wise and stuff and expecting it to convey the same feeling and emotion that we felt for it, you know, when we were there and we were taking that photo.
0: Well, I think that, yeah, that's the goal, right? Yes. You know, to what degree are you successful? No, you know, you're never going to be 100% successful. No. The no. other thing too, Chris, is that... uh this I have to work on this constantly to remind myself of this you know when you're making any kind of art and then you put it out there it's sort of over in a way you know um, people it's something else now to whoever's gonna look at it it's gonna remind them of something them of something about their own life not necessarily and maybe that's what makes it something successful when it res- like a good song We'll hear music that is theirs, you know. They define their life by the music they were listening to at a certain time. They make their own, you know.
1: Well, based on that then, what would you want or your your viewers and people viewing your work to take away?
0: I, that's exactly what I want them to take away, you know. I want them to want to come back and look at more. I want them to feel something. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I want them to feel scared or, you know, happy or... You know, whatever people feel. I want them to scratch their head and go, wow, I wonder what that was like seeing that or something.
1: Yes, yes.
0: I don't want someone looking at my work and then forgetting about it in 20 seconds.
1: What's your motivation, though, to, you know, continually, you know, get out there and continually, uh, you know, take photos?
0: You know what? This is going to sound really corny, but it's really true. There's nothing else in my life that I mm. love more than taking photos. I love, I love taking pictures everywhere I go. I love coming home and you know going through them all and I love that minute when you open something up and you go, oh my god, look at that. This city especially, it's a uh, it's 24-7 situation outside. I mean it's sort of impossible to come home with nothing. You, you, as soon as you walk outside, you know I always make this comparison to studio work which is like the big top with the circus, you know. Everything gets set up, and everything everybody helps you, and you know what you're doing, and then you get it right, and it's over, and then you know, the big top comes down, and everybody goes home, and there there's your thing, you know. Go outside, and uh, there's no big top, there's no lights, there's the guys moving, it's just it's, it's insane, you know. So the chances of you clickety clicking at the exact moment that is going to all line up and be really good, it's no, uh, well, that's the fun of it. I think that's the addiction of us all, you know.
1: Yeah,
0: it's brave.
1: Well, living in in New York, do you have any uh, kind of stories to to share with us in terms of shooting on the streets for all these years? I know John was saying, you know, he had guns pulled on him and knives in L.A. and all kinds of stuff. Really? Yeah, apparently so, yeah, in the the 80s and stuff.
0: Well, you know what, listen, I'll be honest with you. When I moved here in 83, uh, I was in art school, but I was studying painting. And I moved to the East Village, which was, was, in those days, very, very, very dangerous and very scary. So, honestly, I, I, I don't know even if I had have been really focused on my photography in those days. I have some photos left from those days, but it was scary walking around, you know. It was, and I was a young girl on top of it, you know. You, you couldn't even get to the street corner without getting robbed. So carrying a camera around, you may as well just had a big sign on your head, you know, saying "Steal my stuff." So yeah, so so. I, but I think now that I'm doing it, it's you know, it's a different city here. It's not scary as it used to be.
1: No, no, no
0: definitely not. And and in a way, I wish it was.
1: Really, the gritty yeah, streets. Like- uh, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's getting harder for street photographers out there. You know? I agree.
0: I was in Paris in 2013, and uh, I had a hard time there shooting. Like, uh, you just said the energy, you know, was people were kind of nasty. They didn't want their picture taken. They were offended that I was trying to take their picture. Um, Yeah. So I ended up getting a lot of beautiful photos, but they weren't really of Parisians, unless I sort of really pulled back. And did Paris not... Pass a, a law recently that is you can't do it anymore without a release form,
1: probably. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh the, the German laws are getting a bit like that, but you know what? I still go out and do it, you know. <laughs> I, d- I don't think anyone's should really put you off because it's public domain, and you know, I- we
0: all still go out and do it, but the thing about those laws, Chris, is that, for example. Well, I don't live in Paris so it doesn't <clears throat> matter. But if I was, did and I had shot all these people without asking them and then I got a book out.
1: Mm.
0: You know, I could be sued. Yeah. So, if you're just shooting for the fun of it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But you know, so it, mm. it's it's a protection for people and it's also a big giant consideration for people like us if you ever want to do anything with it publicly, you know. Pure here <laughs> not yet. You can still
1: still do it here. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, people like I said they are getting more sensitive to that. But these are probably the people that would take, you know, 150 selfies a week and post them on every social media platform, going, "Any, you know, huh? is that my picture? You know, like seriously, I- they like share their entire lives online, and yet as soon as you take their photo, they have a problem That's with it. That's very funny. <laughs> and very true.
0: That's kind of what I was saying, like a half an hour ago.
1: Yeah.
0: It's all getting so vague, and the the lines between everything. It's getting to be pretty funny. I, I mean, I, I guess you, you've heard, you've probably read about this guy here. I can't remember his name, um, but it was kind of a famous case last year where he photographed all these people in the high rise across the street from him, and the people in that building sued him, tried to sue him and uh they lost and then they they took it back to court and they lost again and the judge said listen if you're going to buy an apartment for 10 million dollars that has floor to ceiling windows and you don't want anybody to see in you better draw your curtains you know but anyway it was it was sort of a big deal
1: yeah well i i think as i say it's getting I mean, I've heard photographers getting, you know, it came trying to, you know, someone tried to steal his camera and I've been chased down the street a couple of times, you know.
0: I do a lot of work on my bicycle. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, like rather than walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a lot of photos that I probably couldn't have got if I was walking. Really? Because you are mm-hmm. you go so fast,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know, by the time they realize you've taken their picture, you're four blocks away.
1: Yes. Just one question, um... Following on from what I asked you before, do you take pictures for yourself or for other people?
0: Well, I totally, you know what? There's no money in this business. So to that question, I would have to say you'd have to love doing it. Yeah. Because why else would you do it? You know, nobody's getting, I mean, maybe you are, I don't know. I don't know anybody in the, I always, we always have j- jokes about this because it's like the emperor has no clothes. You know, all, all, the only people making money in this business are the Nikon and Sony and uh, and that. So, yeah, you, you have to really, you have to be driven internally to do this for some reason. Maybe everybody's got their own reasons. I don't know. Anyway.
1: One, one last thought. How has social media played a role and and do you think it's benefited in in terms of your work and enabling it to to get out there
0: yeah i think i think it's probably both both it's more good than not there's some downsides to it you know which is uh, it doesn't necessarily translate into sales you know you can have a million followers on facebook or instagram and all of that and it's good you know, you can, I guess what I'm trying to say is you can get very famous now yes, and still not have any dog food in the cupboard. Do you know what I mean? The I whole yeah. game has shifted, you know, exactly. not to say yeah. you can't sort of figure it out. But yeah. um, I think that there's an expectation now, uh, not just in the photography business, but like I know some kids here in New York, that young kids that are uh, in the modeling business. And... Uh, when they go on go sees or when they try to get an agent, their agent, they won't even take them on unless they have X amount of followers on Instagram already. So it's started to be now where it's expected that you have to sort of build up your own following before you. But the good, the good side to that is that you can, if you're ambitious and you have time and you work hard, mm-hmm. you can really do a lot without anybody helping you online. And I think that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I think that's the good thing.
1: Well, it certainly helps in terms of exposure um, and getting your work out there to an audience that you could never, you know, get out to before. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. And I wanted to ask you this question before you hang up. What are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on people viewing your work on an iPhone or on a small little iPad as opposed to the days when prints were really prints, you know?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm a big Instagram fan, and I do use it quite a lot. And But I do find that there's certain things work on Instagram this size that doesn't actually work kind of this size.
0: So in other words, it's almost like you're saying it's a, it's a format of its own, sort of. It can be. Oh, wow, that's interesting.
1: I actually find you know Instagram is a very good barometer for my work. If I have a picture up that I'm kind of mean really not... You know, don't know about this you know and I put it up you know and you can gauge the response from people if it's a really good shot and you've nailed it you know they'll tell you
0: see all the photos of mine that I love that I've done uh, I I hardly no one hardly ever likes them (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's exactly the way my favorites and never anybody else's favorites. Yeah I
0: know. and I know before I, I and I it's a joke I, I I'll say like okay watch this I'm going to put this up this is one of my all-time favorites. I mean yeah. that's not always true but it's often true and I'll get yeah I get sort of some but but it's funny. But I think more what I meant by my question to you is um In a a more of a serious way, like suppose you were applying for a job or you're trying to get a gallery or, you know, and you Mm. really wanted somebody to look at your portfolio. How do you Mm. feel about people like this, you know, flinging through your your hard-ass work on a two-half-an-inch, I don't know. That's the downside to me to the
1: John Free was saying when he does his seminars and stuff, he takes all his beloved Cartier-Bresson books there and everything, and he tries to get the students to say, you know, just look at the photo for two minutes and try and absorb what the photographer was trying to say. And they're just flicking through the book and stuff. No,
0: because it's, that's the that's what it is now. It's like one second soundbite, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I listen, I, I think that... When i when kids come to me, the first thing I say is, and they don't know where to start, I say, "Who do you like? Who Who's gone past that you thought was amazing? You know, copy them. Like you're not going to stay copying them, but you know, it's not easy to copy them, and that's a good way to learn. Get your chops up. You know, see how they did that, and you'll see that it's not easy.
1: Yeah, if you had to go on one tip, you could impart from all your years. So.
0: I always say the same thing. To, to people as kids, it's so always kids. I say, don't quit your day job no matter how good you think you are. And uh listen to people. You know, like if people don't do work that you like, talk to them about their work. I have people ask me things all the time. I have strangers email me and ask me, you know, about this and that. And I, I'm happy yeah to yeah. tell people about stuff like that. And then after you've heard everything you want to hear from someone or about something, then go out and totally ignore it if you want to but yeah information is what you need and don't be afraid don't be afraid to take horrible photographs you know yeah that's what I say don't be afraid to take bad photos and don't go anywhere without your camera I don't know I mean listen I, I was young once you know I even now I have days where I get home and I go, oh, these are not good enough you know what the was I thinking when I was out there uh, but yeah I don't know being really young and starting something like this or like anything. It, it, it's so fantastic and it's it, it it's great if they can appreciate the freedom they have. No one's... Expi- you know, and I say this about myself too, for years I took photos and nobody cared because I was a painter. No, most people didn't even know I took photos and it was so great. I could just go out there and I could take anything I wanted. I didn't have to show them to anybody. I didn't have to explain what I was doing. Uh, and that that's really worth something that's when you can really get good when you mm-hmm. don't have to you know get all crazy about telling people what you're doing that's, and and also people you know people come to everything with their own struggles I do that too, so do you you know so if I'm struggling with something and i and then I look at somebody else's work and I mm-hmm. think, well they're not struggling with this you know they should be they should be figuring this out too, right so then you know Yeah, that's getting back to what you asked me a minute ago. That's what I say to kids, too. It's like, you know, get your gang together, you know, get your your uh, what do they call them now? Your not your posse, but your uh, your tribe. You know, find your dozen people that love what you do and they get it. You love what they do and work together and, you know, feel good about what you're doing.
1: Yes. Excellent. Well, on that note, Sally Davies, has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, thank you so much, really. It's been awesome. You yeah.
0: too. Thank you very much for asking me to do this. You're listening to a feed of the Association of Music Podcasting at musicpodcasting.org. The Urban Awesome
1: Podcast.